Welcome to the second episode of the JockCast. We have with us once again, Mr. Kevin Liu. We're going to be talking some NBA and Game of Thrones, so let's get to it. Kevin Liu, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? How, how's everything going? Pretty good. Welcome to the JockCast, episode two. I'm glad to be here. Let's, let's uh, get into it. So, I have a question for you this time to start us off. Um, Hit me. Just to put you on the spot. So, how are you feeling about uh, your Rockets and 7 pick right now? I was just thinking about this one. I'm, I'm wavering hard. I'm wavering hard. I, you know, as, as much as for the, the Rockets coming back in this one and, and winning the last two, I'm still, I'm not feeling good about their wins. I feel like they kind of kind of got lucky in a lot of ways. You know, for going up 15 at home, I, I think they might have gotten up to 17. And the Warriors having two wide-open threes at the end that could have tied it, they could have easily lost mm-hmm. that game. Those are great, and great shots, yeah. They're not, they're not dominating really the way they should. They will, they'll go on streaks and, and, you know, I like, I like what I've seen from them. I thought this is where they would come out from the get-go and they kind of did, you know, either team could practically have swept this series. So I think it is in the right place at two, two. It's just, the Warriors are just so hard to beat four times. That's where, how many Mm -hmm. times have we been here where it looked bad for them for a minute. They have a bad game or two in a row. Don't you get the feeling that they're going to come out the next game and just dominate? Just go up like 25? Uh, I'm not sure. I think, like you said, it's been a very even series where, I mean, the first two games is Golden State won at home, but Rockets were right there in in it. And the same thing with the Warriors on the road in in Houston. Like, they were both teams were in it in all four games. So I think it's going to be a close one to start. And uh, I think it's going to be a close finish too tonight. Um, with the Rockets probably covering six points is my guess, but I could be wrong, obviously. Yeah. Draymond's playing some of the best basketball I've ever seen from him. I mean, was he just out of shape the entire year? Yeah. Yeah, that I was saw, one of the – I, I mean, saw some that was story of, about him that he, he hit the spin cycle classes and lost a bunch of weight before the playoffs. He looks so much better than he has in the last, like, three years. Yeah, they said he changed his diet too, like, just before the playoffs and – the fuck was yeah, he that, he's playing <laughs> a, lot, a lot of gluten, a lot of gluten a lot, for sure. A lot of carbs, a lot of carbs, you know, a lot of pickups, late, night, late night snacks. He was partying a lot probably. So he's probably eating, eating late night snacks, like IPAs, 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 IPAs all a week, yeah. Yeah. more IPAs than John Nelson for sure. At least eight, at least eight. He's having a great time. He's enjoying life. So you can't hit on that, but yeah, he's definitely playing on a different level now in the playoffs, especially in this series. You can tell he's got the chip on his shoulder. He's not going to let anyone like step to him. He's like trying to be the alpha in every situation. I think he's kind of going the other way with the refs this series, seeing how the Rockets have reacted to the refs. He surprisingly has been walking away from, you know, usually he makes it seem like the world is ending every time he's called for a foul, then they should have replayed. He clearly fouled the guy. This series, yeah. he's doing the opposite. He's trying to be really quiet when they call him for a foul, not saying anything to them. I think it's a mind game. I think he's trying to get in the ref's head a little bit of, like when you see Chris Paul and all the complaining he does and Harden, all those guys, and then he, I, I think yeah. they've just decided to take that approach of we're just gonna just shut up and play, you know. So 
Yeah, man. It's working for I think him. That's that's a great observation. I I noticed it too. Like he he's really dialed it back. He's he knows he doesn't want to get like suspended. I think so. He's just really taking it easy. Because if he gets too many texts, he's going to get suspended one game. Especially in this series, they need him. So he's like, I'm not even going to risk it. It's not worth it. And, it, and I think that's smart. Finally. Yeah, he's he's the second yeah. most ordinary player on the team now. I mean, KD KD gets upset five six times a game at either mm-hmm. the refs or other players. He gets upset at other players constantly. Dude, Chris Paul does the same. Harden, yeah. uh, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker. They're all. I mean, everyone on the court does now. It's like the whole cult, like NBA culture right now. It seems if you could just complain the refs. But yeah. I wanted to talk about the first couple games um, in uh, at Golden State was. It seemed like early in the series, Harden was just trying to get fouled instead of making the shot. And now he switched from trying to get fouled. Now he's just trying to make the shot, and then he's getting fouled as a result. Yeah. So he's flipped the switch there. At least I don't know if it's just a home and away thing, but it seemed like to me he was just trying to force too much contact and not make the shot, and it was just like, you're not going to get calls like that on the road. So you know, he's got you know, that doesn't make sense. One of the things that the announcers, I think, mentioned that, that was interesting to me was Harden doesn't shoot the same way when he takes the step back three every time, which makes it so that you end up fouling him. He'll sometimes he'll jump straight up. Sometimes he'll jump forward and sometimes Mm -hmm. he'll jump to one side or the other, which makes it really difficult when you're trying to close out to actually get in (laughs) his way without fouling. So I think what one of the adjustments he may have made is the first game and second game, he was jumping forward on a lot of those and not getting the yeah. call. I think he switched to just jumping straight up or, or maybe jumping a little bit to the side or something. And so that's why they're still fouling him though. They're still running through it because he's so hard to guard and they don't know where to be when, when if, if you, the guy, you don't know where he's going to end up, you don't know where to, to go to guard him. So I think that's, that's part of, but yeah, I think you're right. I think he's better when he does, when he plays that way, when he's actually going to the rim, trying to make the shot. Sometimes it looks like he's going in, and you just know he's just trying to get the foul. Mm-hmm. And in the playoffs, they don't call as much. And and also one of the things I noticed with Harden on the road versus at home is uh, the, the Golden State's clearly their scheme is to make Harden score and they'll have everyone stay on the shooters and like give them the floaters in the middle of the lane, give them the drives and some of the step back threes. But um, I think he's just been totally different as far as uh, his approach, like offensively. And I think it's just the quality of shots that he's been, Dave, the Rockets have been getting has been much better at home and Golden State in, on, but Golden State has been getting good shots anywhere. So I think that, Golden State's probably going to got the edge still in this series, but it's going to be a good yeah. one. I hope, I'm glad the Rockets won the last two. I was hoping for the Rockets to win. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a much better series now. The argument for Golden State is is you you couldn't have a much worse start to the series for Steph and Clay. So if they can turn it around and just do what they normally do, you know, that, that series should be uh, should be full of some blowouts. But you know, I think Clay's ankle might be bothering him more than he's letting on. I think he's just a tough guy, tough it out, but but clearly something's off with him. And he's guarding yeah. hard in all game, or half the game, you know, with Iggy. So he's yeah. running around all over the place chasing him, so it's tough. tough. It's uh, going to be a great series. I hope, I, I kind of, I would like to see uh, a good game five, you know, and, and either way it goes, I think 
this still could go seven for sure. And then you never know. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a great one. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't think you can blame Clay. Everyone's given him a lot of like crap for shooting bad. But, yeah, he's defending hard. He's move, making the right play. He's taking some bad shots, but yeah, that's to be expected. You know, like you can't just give it to KD every single time, even though he's been so efficient. Yeah. Um, Bill KD's... Simmons has been jizzing on KD all playoffs, just yeah. going crazy about how, how uh, efficient he is and how good he is. And he has been great. Um, he's, been, he's been the best player in the playoffs other than Kawhi. He's been the best I dis- player. I disagree. I think, yeah, Kawhi, yeah. I think Kawhi has been, Kawhi has been averaging uh, up until last game. I don't know, but I saw a stat before their last game, 38 points per game on 62% shooting, which, you know, Jordan had one series where he averaged 35 on 60% shooting and no one else has ever done it. Not LeBron, not Kobe, not yeah. any of them. So, I mean, that's pretty epic, you know, in, in addition to playing some of the best defense of anybody in the playoffs. And then you've got to look at, I mean, I still think Giannis is just, he's, he's the most dominant player I've seen since LeBron. He's been unreal the playoffs on both ends. He's blocking shots. He's getting in, you know, he can guard pretty much anyone. And then on offense, he's just, he does that spin move to get to the rack. And he's just unstoppable. He doesn't even have to shoot. He can just get to the rack every time. Yeah. And in the Celtics series, later in the series, he's been hitting his threes, which is just a backbreaker because you try to keep him out of the paint forever, and it's impossible even if you try as hard as you can and throw a million guys in there. And then he's hitting threes now. His free throws are going in. He's hitting some mid-range. It's just, like, unguardable at this point. Yeah. I don't even but, think he's had to turn it all the way on yet. I think I think there's another level he can go to in the playoffs. I think – He's, he's just been kind of in cruising mode pretty much. And he's still he's, – he's the most dominant guy I've seen. I mean, KD is the best offensive player in the league for sure. Yeah. But I, I don't think – I think it's premature to just hand him the belt of best player in the league. I think everything I've seen from Giannis over the year and through the playoffs is he's the new best guy. He's going to be the next best guy for the next eight, ten years. Yeah. Well, I just say KD because he's, his, these are his points the last like ten games. 34, 46, 29, 35, 50, 45, 33, 38. I mean, he's scoring over 35 points a game, it seems, in those games. And he's he been has doing been it against better, amazing. But he's he, playing he, against better competition. Like, Giannis played against the Buck, I mean, the Pistons in the first round. Well, that was a joke. And then Celtics, I mean, their Celtics defense is terrible. Rockets are a really good team, and they're playing very well, good defense. Like, just KD's hitting the ridiculous shots. Like, I don't think he could – he could do that easily on the Celtics, I think. Like he is more. the best player in the league at hitting shots that he shouldn't hit. I mean, he's just so tall, you can't get in his way. My yeah. my take on KD is is always going to be skewed as long as he's on the Warriors, just because he can. He's the only player, the only great player in these playoffs that can disappear for eight minutes at a time if he wants, and the team doesn't suffer at all. And then he can come back and go on these amazing stretches and make you know fifteen points in a quarter. 17 points in a quarter, but, yeah. but he still gets, he's allowed to disappear, which none of the other guys in the league are able to do that. I mean, if, if James Harden disappears for a quarter, the team falls apart. If Kawhi does, yeah. if any of those guys do. So Kyrie, Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. Embiid. So how can you, so how can you really accurately judge a guy when he can, he's, he's got such great teammates that he can just kind of float in and out of the game. You know, it's, it's tough. But he does yeah, make just unreal true. shots. So I don't know. I'm I'm still skewed on him until 
if he goes to the Knicks or Clippers or whatever and and does this with them, then I'll give him the title of best player in the game. But it's just difficult. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, I, I like that assessment. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, and that reminded me, like, of floating around as just Ben Simmons in this Sixers series. Yeah. <laughs> He's been floating around to even a higher degree than, than yeah. it seems during the regular season, especially on the road. It's been He's terrible. He's so up even, and down. Yeah. What's, you know, what's what's his deal? Because he looks so good at times. You know, he'll he'll have these aggressive stretches where he just attacks the rim over and over, and it seems like he can get to the rim every time he tries. And then you're right, so he disappears. Yeah, he's so talented and athletic and and smart and great passing. Everybody's just I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just the system, but I think Kawhi you're right. Too. Last in the last pod we talked to you talked about trading him. I think that's probably what they're gonna try to do at this point, it seems. And maybe yeah. keep Jimmy and Tobias, try to re sign those guys and trade Simmons for like a point guard. If a true re-sign. point guard. Yeah, if, if they, they can. Re-sign. I don't see I don't know. It's, it, but I think Jimmy's out of been, there, it seems like. He's been a head case. Oh, Jimmy's been the best player on their team though. Yeah, he, he has been. He's been great. He's been yeah. really good. So maybe maybe they find a way to keep him. And I think Tobias, you're probably looking at keeping him. Um but but yeah, I, I just don't think that there's a great ceiling for him and Embiid playing together. The two of them just aren't a perfect fit for long term. But I, I do yeah. think that uh, their coach, Brett Brown, may have saved his job with these last couple of series. That was my, my, my other take was that he'd be fired within a day or two of the season ending. He may, he may you don't hold think on. He's gonna, you don't think he's going to get fired after this game if they lose? It depends on, I guess, if they if they go down in the next game and they, they don't have, they don't show much effort at all. I mean, the way they lost by 30 in the last one, I guess it it still could happen. I was thinking, I was thinking of this, you know, a game or two ago that it seemed like if, if they can really, you know, push this to seven against the Raptors with everybody doubting them that maybe he keeps it, but but yeah, it, it, they did really show a lack of effort in the last game. So Yep. We'll see. The the playoffs though, you know what's what's crazy about these playoffs is for all of the craziness, the games going seven the series going seven games, the the games come down to the wire and everything, you know, the NBA is so predictable in the final result. You ended up with the four top seeds breaking through the first round. You know, the first round had some pretty mm-hmm. crazy series. End up with just the four top seeds playing each other. And now we're on track where it could easily just be one versus two in the conference finals. And then if yep. that happens, it's probably one versus one in the finals. You know, it's the only sport yeah. like this. It yeah, should never happen in the NFL with the crazy playoffs. And this would never happen in, even in baseball. Well, it's just like, I guess, the nature of the seven-game series versus, like, football. It's more exciting. Anything could happen in one game, you know, go, loser goes home. So, yeah, I think this, it, that's just how the NBA has been in the last few years. The Warriors are just so good, you know. Yeah, it's Same a consolidation thing. of talent. And then just LeBron is too, was too good in the East for everyone for too long. And then, you know, and then on the Warriors on this side, and it's just been the top seeds every year, unfortunately. But, yeah, there's a consolidation yeah. of talent at the top. And when you have that much talent in the NBA, it's hard to overcome. It's hard to upset that. But Totally. Totally. I can't believe what the the uh, 
Nuggets did last night. Just yeah. blowing the shit out of the Blazers. Just after how good this series has been the whole time for them to be up three two after losing that four overtime game. Yeah. It's insane. It says a Jamal lot. Murray's playing out of his mind, Jokic, you know, Paul Millsap. They they have a like I mean, they've been a really good team all year. They've won a lot of games. They got the two seed. I know. You know, they I mean and then and they almost I lost think, to the fucking Spurs. <laughs> yeah, they were right there with the Spurs, and the Spurs didn't foul. That was ridiculous. Yeah. That's so stupid. But they're defending really well. I mean, they're a guard like Gary Harris, Tory Craig, um, Millsap, Jokic. I mean, those, those are all really good defenders. They're locking down Lillard. Lillard went from yeah. one of the most dominant players in his playoffs to kind of, you know, missing from time to time in this series. He seems almost like he's trying. He's deferring more to McCollum too. I don't know if it's because McCollum had a couple good games, or if Lillard's just feeling like the game plan, the defensive game plan is locking in on him too much, where he has to give it up. But he's not being as aggressive as he was last series and early on in the series. I think that's the Denver defense. Mike Malone knows what he's doing, and they've been double teaming him off the pick and rolls. And really, you know, being physical with him, and then he's not getting the same foul calls and threes, and they're just making him get rid of it, and then someone else has to score, you know, like, and their just bench hasn't been stepping up in this series, at least on the yeah. road. You think the Nuggets have any shot against Rockets or Warriors? I think they do. They're pretty nasty. Like Jamal Murray is playing really well; he's been good all year. Jokic is just. MVP, MVP level right now. So I think if you have an MVP caliber talent and a really good point guard and a lot of shooters and 3 and D guys, I think they have a chance against the Rockets. Maybe not the Warriors. That would be insane to see the Nuggets in the finals this year. I, I'm still a skeptic. I'm kind of skeptical of them. They're young. They're young. They, until they're not they prove proven it. Yet. Yeah, they're not yeah. proven yet. But that's why I think they would probably – they might really compete with the Rockets, but I don't think they could beat the Warriors in a seven-game series without home court. Yeah, I heard but a really funny quote. Really funny they're... quote from uh, from I think it was Kenny Smith or something on one of those TNT broadcasts. He's like, Jokic, jo- Jokic looks like the guy in the hood that gets picked last and wins every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... it's true. It's true. He just he's just like that guy. You know, you know, he'd get picked last, and then he just like he's just got that that amazing old man big man game. Yeah, despite his – I mean, he's huge, obviously. But, yeah, he, he doesn't look like a good basketball player. He's, like, Serbian, and he's just – I don't know. He looks, he looks funny. He's so fat. Or at least he's yeah. fat looking. By the and way, so I, t- I forgot to tell you, uh, I was talking to Jeff uh, yesterday, and he said that he did, like, a body fat scanner. And guess what a percentage of body fat he is right now? 16%. Oh, way, way over. 28. <laughs> Holy shit. 28. <laughs> Christ. Uh, just oh, my out, God. So. Holy yeah, shit. You better lose some weight for the wedding. I don't know what he's going to do. Like, that's yeah. like obese level. It is. His BMI has got to be fucking way up there. Oh my God. My God. Jeff, if you're listening to this, start start getting on the Draymond Green gluten-free Low carb, low fat, and I yeah. start listening to the Joe Rogan cycle. podcast. Yeah, get on that Joe Rogan. Yeah, yoga, hot yoga. Stop Oof. eating a, 
a pizza to yourself. How about that? Just <laughs> cheese, <laughs> just cheese pizza. Just cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't even want to talk about the Celtics too much, uh, other than their defense is terrible, terrible all of a sudden. I just don't under, it's very confusing. You know, obviously yeah. the Bucks are really good. I picked the Bucks to beat the Celtics, but they can't guard anyone. Connaughton and uh, George Hill look like all-stars. Giannis, obviously you can't do anything about. Middleton's a great player. They just have a really good scheme with Brooke Lopez at the five and just shooters around Giannis. It's, a, it's an amazing scheme where you just have just three and D and Giannis attacking the paint. Yeah. It's what we've been looking at all year. All year, the Celtics team has just been – they're just – it's not – I don't think it's a lack of individual effort. I think it's a lack of cohesion. They just – they don't seem to be in line with each other. So, you know, it's a lot of cutters getting past with nobody really on them, a lot of, like, wide-open threes. You know, obviously Giannis has a lot to do with it. I think they're putting so much effort into stopping him that – that it, it ends up, you know, opening up other guys, but, but they're just, they don't like each other. You know, it's hard to, I think it's hard to play with guys that you just really don't get along with. And, mm-hmm. and I think Kyrie leaving this summer, which I think is going to be a foregone conclusion now is going to help them. I think they were, they, they would have been better off this year without him as good as he is. He's just not a fit for what they need right now those young guys all want to prove themselves and need the ball in their hands to do it. And they had a really fun run with it. And then when you have a guy like him on the court, you end up doing a lot more ball watching and uh, he does a lot more ISO ball where I think this Celtics team has been the best when they're passing and moving. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it was a good experiment. You have to try, but it just didn't work out. I mean, you're not going to cut Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah we trade him. I mean, Danny Ainge fleeced the Cavs on that trade. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas. You do that a hundred times Jake, out of a hundred. Yeah, you know, they didn't know didn't that work out. Tatum yeah. and Jalen were going to turn into such good players so quickly, and yeah, you know, they didn't know that it would come together this quick. But so they were building for the future. Yeah. But it's a good problem to have. I mean, we just it didn't mesh. But yeah. we have a lot of young talent and assets. It's not, you know, we can just move on from Kyrie and be fine. Yeah, think, so. it'll be interesting. I, I don't think I, – I, something just tells me they're not going to get Anthony Davis in a trade, though. I, like, they're not going to put the assets out there, all of them, on the line for him, especially if Kyrie leaves. You know, you're not doing much if you trade away half your team for, for Anthony Davis, even though I think they've got probably the best – tool chest to get him i just i think there's going to be a third team it's not going to be the lakers either it'll be some third team that just that just throws out a ton for him and i don't know who it is so you're going with the field i'm going with the field i don't know i think you at this point if you lose Kyrie, i think you if you can get him to resign you know get a verbal agreement if that means anything just that he's going to resign then i think you trade the house for him because then you build around him. He's only he's still like in his mid twenties. He's really young, and he's like when he's healthy, he's one of the best players in the league at that position. Yeah. Especially in the East at that position, he's just gonna just roll through the East if, yeah. if he was on the Celtics. But and then we and then you put like three and D guys or like Jalen Brown, maybe Tatum, or if he has to be traded, um, just three and D guys around him and, and Horford or Hayward. You know that'd, that'd be pretty nasty. My best guess for who actually gets them, the Clippers. Clippers, wow. 
throw out wow. they throw out their first round pick, that Miami Heat first round pick they got from the Sixers, Shamit, um, you know, basically, you know, uh, Montrez, maybe even throw in Lou Williams. I don't know. We'll see after this playoffs. I don't know if they're going to want to. But and then if they sign Kawhi, which I think oh, man. seems like a foregone conclusion, you get Kawhi and Anthony Davis. Basically, I think okay. they're the team that is willing to to mortgage the future for the present if they sign Kawhi, which seems like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, that's a, I mean, if that's very possible and if it does happen, it's going to be awesome for the Clippers and, and Doc Dude, Rivers is going to be, Doc Rivers is going to be jizzing his pants again. He's going to have another big three and he's going to be yep. taking it to the Warriors at that point. Hopefully if Katie's in the East <laughs> and all that, yeah. but let's get to some game of Thrones. Uh, Wrap it up yeah. a little bit. So, question for you. Very interesting episode. A lot of drinking and eating and awkward moments. But my question, biggest question was, is Varys actually plotting to kill Daenerys? Or was that just conjecture and, like, scheming, like, starting the planning uh, process? Or does he actually have a plan already in motion? It what sounded like he had a plan. It sounded like he's he's got a plan to kill her and he's just... Uh, he was just trying to get Tyrion to go in on the plan with him. You know, he mm. said, basically, you're with us or you're not, but it's happening. And so he's got something in motion. That guy, I can't believe they keep him around so much. I'd, be, I'd keep that guy so far away from me if I'm <laughs> a ruler. He's just, you know, and she, like, has known that he's like that. He's, like, he's got, uh, you know, if you're looking at his resume, if you're going through it, if your job, a recruiter and you're looking at his resume right now it's like he's represented like 10 different kings they've all gotten killed betrayed in some different way he was in some way behind it but couldn't get you know the finger pointed at him but everybody knows that he was in and he just switches sides every time so why would you let a guy like that anywhere near you why would you want to touch good question it's a good question (laughs) i mean he does add value though with the ravens and the birds and all that he's got he's got no dick and balls no dick and balls, which yep. I think is a liability. You want a guy with dick and balls because he's distracted. You know, he's got no distractions. He's yeah, got he's... nothing nothing but time to, to plot to overthrow you. Yeah, he just says he wants the best for the, the realm, you know, whatever yeah. that means. But it seems like he knows, I don't know, he supposes that he knows exactly what is the best for the realm at all times. But... Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, I'm curious to see if is Tyrion's going to try to step in and stop it, or if he's going to jump in and maybe join. You still there? Um, another another question. Yeah, another question yeah. I had for you was: Is Sansa now the sleeper pick to win the throne? Because if Daenerys gets wiped out potentially and John doesn't want it or if he gets killed in a battle or something do you think she's now the sleeper she's definitely a sleeper I think she's actually been a little bit above the radar on that front of I think if you look at the betting lines I'm not looking at them now but I think she was she was one of the top three or four of people Mm -hmm. who who had a good shot at taking the throne so I think she's definitely up there um you know especially what we're probably headed for is is all of the people who just went south getting killed and Cersei getting killed and basically mass destruction all around. 
I think it, what happened was people were people were hoping for that, and I was hoping for that. You know, a little more blood in that big White Walker battle. After all that, to yeah. not have the payoff of you know, can you kill off like somebody? You know, could you have killed off like an Arya? You know, maybe she kills the guy, but then dies. You know, dies trying to effort. I thought that's what happened. I thought she got stabbed and killed him at the like same time. Like she got stabbed when he grabs her throat. I thought she got stabbed and he stabbed and she stabs him. But Mm -hmm. no, it's you know she survives. Everybody survives. They kill off, like we were talking about. They kill off a bunch of, you know, nobodies. You know, Jorah. Oh, and and Theon. Oh no, you know, a bunch of guys that we didn't really care about at all. And, uh, hey, some and people care about some... alive. <laughs> Who cared about Theon? <laughs> some people care about Sansa. No, some people care about Jorah. I think Jorah. Jorah was dead like four years before, you know, four seasons yeah. ago. He just came back to life, basically. You know, I I don't know. Mm. I think they're headed. They're headed for Jon Snow is going to get killed. Daenerys, good chance she gets killed. Um, good chance Cersei. I'm still of the belief that uh, that Cersei gets killed by um, Jamie, and you know how yep. I think that's going to happen. This is a, a jaw call out of the week. Yeah. Okay. Arya kills Jamie and takes his face, goes south, and acts like Jamie with Cersei, and kills her. Wow, that would be Jock so out, would... call out of the week. <laughs> the call out of the week. You heard it here first. Is so boy, I'm a little confused. Is that does that count if it's her in his face? As the prophecy goes. I mean, what do we, we got prophecy auditors. You know, it's, I, <laughs> you're supposed to <laughs> you're supposed to be the expert. You're the I, one who I don't know. The prophecy. Think I'm an expert in prophecies. <laughs> Just, you, I'm just going with that. it. I think if it's, it's his face and stuff, you know, I think it'll count. They'll count it. It'll be a little bit of a it'll probably count, shouldn't okay. count, but it'll count. Okay. So that's that's my call out. We'll see. Maybe right. maybe the other way it goes is that is that Jamie just is gets upset with her and kills her, but doesn't seem like it's headed that way. Wow. So you're. Your lock of the week was one to know last week. You had Theon over Euron, Greyjoy, and that mm-hmm. was a that was a pair that was a winner. So congratulations yep, to everyone winner. out there who took that alongside Jav's uh, lock of the week. Um, I'll just give you a quick little update of the odds for the who to die first. So okay. now we have Jamie Lannister, Tyrion Lannister. It's Jamie is a huge favorite, minus five hundred is Tyrion now plus three hundred. So they really think Jamie's in danger now compared Jeez. to Tyrion. Well, if you take what I just said, I think you got to go Jamie. I just I don't like those odds. I'm I'm still in the stay away game with Jamie and Tyrion, just yep. because I think Tyrion could still die in this. I don't think he's by any means locked in. So, and minus okay. five hundred. That's that seems it, again like the the Red Woman. That seems like Vegas knows something. They're trying to trap mm-hmm. you in something. Okay. Yeah, we got trapped on that. You got trapped on that one. That, that was I that's trapped. Crap. All right, trapped. next one. Uh, John Snow. This one hasn't moved very much. John Snow minus one forty over Bran plus hundred. So it's gone actually in favor of Bran dying a little bit since. The last How the fuck episode. is Bran gonna die after that? After all that to protect him, 
how could he possibly die? How could they kill him off and not? And how how could they explain that in like two episodes? You know, there's no way. I'm I'm going heavy on John. That might be the lock of the week this week. Okay. I mean, I don't think I don't think that John's going to die necessarily this episode, but I there's a good chance that he dies before the end. So, you know, as long as I get my money back if he just survives the whole thing, then I'm going heavy John. That's lock of the week. Okay. Well, there's one more before you announce your lock of the week, um, just to make sure. So this one is interesting. It's Cersei minus three fifty. Daenerys plus two twenty five. So they think Cersei is a pretty heavy favorite to die before Daenerys. I'm I'm taking the points there, uh, or the uh, taking the odds. I'm okay. going Daenerys. I'm going Daenerys. Just I, I there's it's likely that they both die, but but who knows which of them will die first. Okay, yeah, so could, you could go either like, way. So you like the odds, but yeah, it sounds like your lock of the week though. Your jaw lock of the week. John Snow, Johnson, John Snow minus one forty over Bran, plus a hundred. That's right. That's right. I think John All served right. his purpose. He's already gone through some of the weirdness with his aunt, and I think they're ready to where they could kill him off before the end of this thing. Could see him sacrificing himself or doing something mm. John Snowy uh, some, and dying off. So, okay. Well. We know that he is definitely the the gossip queen now, but just telling everyone about the secret and it's getting out to Sansa and Arya, yeah. and they just told the whole the whole Winterfell now. So Sansa couldn't wait three minutes. I mean, it's like crazy how quick that she she gave that away. Yeah, it's like it's the first person she ran into, she told. <laughs> yeah, what did she, I mean? What did John expect? Like, you think she's gonna yeah. never say anything? Like. But that's what this show has done from the get-go is they give characters two paths. And one path is like the noble, good thing to do, you know, the Stark way. It's, they started this way season one with Ned, you know, being nice to Cersei and telling her, you know, that she was going to get killed. And it got him killed. And that's what the Starks have always done through the show. Rob did the same thing to get killed. They always do the the noble thing, which ends up getting them killed and getting the secret out, versus the the cutthroat way, which keeps you alive, keeps you in power in that universe. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up getting John killed, you know, as a result. Okay, I think that's how that's Thrones good, works, baby. Good assessment. That that's uh, did your job takes on Game of Thrones this week. Anything less? The wrap up. I can give you some quick lines for the games tonight, but uh, anything else about Game of Thrones you want to Let's touch hear on? Let's quick. Rapid fire game lines. Okay, we'll just go to the games real quick. Okay, so Celtics uh, game five at Bucks. It is Celtics plus eight and a half. Oh, man, that's a tough line. Got to go Bucks. Got to go Bucks. I think the Celtics are are ripe for a. Uh, fall behind by 15 and just give up kind of game. Okay. So you, do you think, think double digit? You think double digits? I think double digits. I think they, they win this game by like 20. Uh, I mean, the Bucks they played really well in that second game at home. And then they, you know, they laid an egg in the first game. Mm-hmm. But the second game they won by, I think, 20 or something. So, I mean... It's a lot, but in a closeout game, I think it's just Celtics are going to play really hard. It's hard to win by double digits if 
I mean, talent-wise, they're pretty even, but obviously the Bucks have been playing a lot better. I think I'm going to take the points, take the homer pick, eight and a half Celtics. It's fair. It's fair. It's going to be a tough uh, cover. Uh, okay, and the Rockets-Warriors tonight, uh, game five, it's plus six Rockets on the road. Plus six. I'm going to take the Warriors. I'm take the Warriors. I think they win this one at home after a couple tough games. And, you know, while I think it could be very close, I think they get some, some free throws in the end or something that push it over. Six points is that, that perfect level where free throws may or may not put you over at the end. You yeah. know, come down to it. Yep. All right, I'm going to take, hate the, that basketball. I'm gonna take the road team. I'm going to take the Rockets plus six. Like I said earlier, I think I'm going to – I think the shots, the quality of shots that they've been getting in the series have been pretty even with the Warriors. And I think if they just stick to their game plan and, and play hard on defense and rebound, I think the Rockets can can uh, make this a close one tonight. So we'll see. We shall see. All right. See. Always a pleasure. All right. Uh, it was good talking to you. And uh, glad to finish another episode of the Jawcast. Good shit. All right. Have a good, good rest of your day. All right. Good you man. too. All right. Bye. That's all we have for today. Ta-ta, motherfuckers.